you may be wondering, why in the world do I have three stones here? As I was praying down here at the altar prior to coming up here to share with this message to you, the Lord told me to build a monument. Now, sounds kind of crazy. It doesn't look much of a monument. But when the Israelites cross the Jordan River, they're about to entering into the promised land. There was something magnificent that God was going to be doing in their lives. And God did not want them to forget. He says, get 12 stones for each member of the, each tribe. I have three stones here. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I built a, a makeshift monument because I want you to know in the midst of this pandemic that we are moving into our promised land. We are moving into revival. We are going to another level of what God has for us. Now, my message tonight out of James, it is a little bit un, um, different. And when you hear it, you're going to think, wow, that doesn't sound all that exciting. The title of it is How to Handle Temptation. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this evening I pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you would bring that anointing of the Holy Spirit upon me. Lord, touch my lips with the coals of your altar. Let this word go forth unapologetically, but let it go forth in love and speaking the truth in love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So turn to your Bibles, would you? In James, the first chapter, verses 12 through 18. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. Did I get your attention? Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promise to those who love him. There's promises in his word that he's given to us. That's why I have this makeshift memorial. There's promises of victory, promises of revival, promises of healing, promises of reconciliation of husbands and wives, promises of prodigal children coming home, promises of what God wants to do within our lives. And then verse 13 when tempted, no one, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot, not won't, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone else. How many of you really knew that or understood that? I will talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own, say own, own evil desires and enticed. Then, oh, this is, this is mind-blowing, this 15th verse. Then after desire has conceived, it starts here in the mind. When it's conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin uh, um, and, and, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. You know, our, our mission statement as a church is talking about having that full life in Jesus Christ. Sin gives you a full life to death, what Satan wants to bring, that destruction. 
Verse 16, don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and faithful gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Wow, we have changes happening everywhere. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be um, kind of the fruitful, first fruits of all he created. The first fruits of everything that he's created. That's the top of the line that he's given to us. So here's what I want to do this evening. I'm going to give you some biblical instruction in understanding temptation because I hear that I want you to hear what the Word of God has to say according to these very issues. And then we're going to be equipped to not only handle it, but we are also going to be able to overcome it. Even, even when I use that word, how to handle temptation, I just don't really like it. It's like, hey, tonight we're going to have a gathering of people, and I am going to teach you how to swallow a sword. Well, there might be some of you crazy enough to come, but majority of you people are going to say, there's no way. See, the fact of the matter is this, that temptation is real, and so are swords, and they cut deeply into the flesh. And unless I understand the enemy's ways, I cannot defeat him. So welcome to the war room of God's Word this evening. So let's get started. What is temptation? A seminary professor said it this way. It's rather profound, but yet very simplistic. He said, temptation is the work of the devil to drag you to hell. Any questions? I had an old-time preacher one time. He, he, he said to me, he said, Tom, uh, why do we sin? And, and I really thought that this, this amazing man was going to give me this profound insight on why we sin. And I said, well, I don't know. He says, because we want to. You see, that's the thing, is that that desire is conceived, and it gives birth to sin. And that sin gives, grows into a full-blown life of destruction and eventually of death. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're saying, wait a minute, I don't want this simple stuff. Give me something a little bit deeper, a little more academic. And, 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 and I'm going to get to that in, in just a moment. But I'm going to ask you a question is that we may be thinking, why does Satan hate us so much? You see, he hates you so much because he is envious of that relationship that you have with God the Father. And so much more, he hates you knowing that you have been created in the image of God. You see, my friend, it's not about you. It's about God, and he hates God. What you are is nothing more than collateral damage. So for you academic students out there, Temptation is defined as an attraction either from outside oneself or from within. To create an atmosphere that wants you to conduct your life contrary 
to the Word of God. Now, we forget that Jesus himself during his life, he himself was tempted. And what really angers me is Satan at that time, in the very beginning of his ministry, he wanted to stop it because he did not want that redemptive work for you and me to be able to experience that firsthand encounter with Jesus Christ. See, in the Bible, the Hebrew word used for temptation it is nasha, and the Greek word is um, pyrezo. Now, those words are widely ranged in, in their meaning. It's, it's there is that temptation or is there is that testing. That temptation, it points to an enticement to do evil. And that second word of dealing with testing, it applies for us to be able to want to do a, um, to have a, um, uh, our character in Christ grow so much better and so much uh, deeper in him that they could see that walk in Christ in our lives. So here's a big question. Why does God permit temptation? <laughs> now, listen to this. And in one sense, temptation is a necessary result of our freedom in Christ. See, a free person who is invited to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, that if they're going to say yes, they must have permission to say no as well. Further, if God were not to permit any alternatives, or if he did not allow us to know that there was any alternatives, again, our yes would lose most of its meaning. So on, on, on one level, temptation is the result of freedom and our call to love God with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Now, here's something that we all need to ponder on for a moment. But why does God, why doesn't God limit our temptation so that, well, it could be easier on us, that we would have a chance? Well, in fact, God does limit temptation to some extent. He also provides other holy sources of influence into our lives. Do you hear that? He provides other influences, holy influences in our lives. But he limits temptation by the simple fact that not everything is possible to us. Ouch. I thought all things are possible. Listen very carefully. We experience physical limitations, intellectual limits, economic limits, and so forth. Neither can we ever choose and have available to us all those things at one time. And sometimes when we choose one, we exclude the other. But don't ever forget, God sent us some amazing influences in our life. His voice, the Holy Spirit, echoes into our conscience. He has given us the intellect to reason so that we are able to decipher right and wrong. 
He's given us the attraction to goodness and beauty and truth. He offers us that grace that is available to all of us. He's given us a direct revelation of his scriptures so that we could access that faith that he has for us. He has sent ministers of the gospel, even his own son. Let me tell you something, church, is that the ministers of this church didn't just show up. God has sent us to be here to proclaim the gospel to this congregation. I was just told by our youth pastor, Steve Salvage, is that they have on an online camp going on for our kids. It's Camp in a Box. Do you, they could fit maybe at the campgrounds a thousand kids packed in. Boy, that's scary thinking now. So, but they're not having camps. So they thought, oh no, we have to cancel camp. We have to go online. They went online. They had their worship, their speaker. They had the opportunity of dialogue. Your kids here at CFA have opportunities to be a part of that. Do you know how many kids showed up online to hear these messages? 4,000 kids. 4,000 of our kids heard that word of God being declared upon him. He has sent us men of God. He's also sent his Holy Spirit to come alongside of us. I kind of like to put my arm out and says, want to meet my friend? Now, probably have to do it this way. Yeah. He, and his son, when he ascended into heaven, he did not stop his ministry then. The Word of God says he is forever interceding on our behalf. You've heard me say it. I'll say it again. God the Son is talking to God the Father about you today. And God the Father is talking to God the Holy Spirit about what God the Son is talking to him about you today. There is this Holy Trinity um, um, committee that is going on that is talking about your growth, your your what God wants to do in your life this very day. If that doesn't excite you, is that you need to, well, wake up. So God does limit our temptations, but he continues to work in us. Remember, it's in him we live and move and have our being. So here's what I'm going to do. It's because I have a lot of scriptures. So you're going to hear a whole a lot less what I have to say. And you're going to hear a whole lot of what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today through his word. So let's get right into this word. In 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 13. Man. I get excited just knowing what I'm about to read here. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not limit you, um, let you be tempted beyond your ability. But, I love that, but with that temptation, he will also provide a way to escape that you may be able to endure. You see, there's no one, no temptation that will overtake you. Two, God is faithful. Three, is that you're not tempted beyond your abilities. 
four. He will give you a way to escape. And five, that is a hallelujah five that he's going to give you like a high five in the air is that you will endure. So how is the ways that, that Satan tempts us? Because we really need to understand the ways of the enemy to be able to defeat him. Well, briefly stated that they're the world, the flesh, and the devil. So I'm going to begin with that God does, does not, is not the source of our temptations. Some people look at, well, I don't know. What about that Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation? Well, that is a petition of asking God to not permit us to be the subject of a test or a temptation that is beyond our ability to endure. But he doesn't bring it. And asking him to give us grace, grace to withstand it. So here's what I understand. God himself does not tempt us. I read your scripture, but I'm going to give you, I know that again in James 1, verses 13 and 14. When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Get it? But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. You see, that conceived is that when I think of anything in my mind, it leaves a line in the cortex of my brain. When I think it the second time, it gets a little bit deeper. And the third time, a little bit deeper, until it begins to create that desire that we act upon. So I say this, of thinking of that illustration, is choose your rut well, because you may never get out of it. Now, that is something amazing to ponder. But here's something else in 1 John 2.16. For all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not, is not from the Father, but from this world. So I want us to look at this temptation. Temptation comes uh, from the world. And in the world that we're talking about, that is not just that, that, that the creation of the world. I'm talking about the powers, the opinions, the priorities, the values that are displaying against God and, and what is exposed. It is that hostile, rebellious spirit that comes from that power of, well, the prince of this world, the prince of the power of evil, and the God of this world or the God of this age. Jesus said, you belong to the world. It, it will love you as its own. Boy, I'm talking about when you belong to the world, you're in a dysfunctional family. But God agrees as it is, you do not belong to the world. You do not belong to the world. You do not belong to the world. That excites me. I have chosen you out of the world. That, th that is why the world hates you. Give me a shout, church. That's why that you belong to the Lord. You don't belong 
to the world. Paul says this, do not be conformed by this world, but by be transformed by the renewing of your minds that the testing may, um, you may uh, discern what is the will of God, what is God and acceptable and perfect. Listen, church, sometimes we get caught up in looking at what is glittering and not the one who brings us the beauty in this world. We look at the glitter of the earth. We seek the gift, but we don't seek the giver. We delight in the creation, but not the creator. Jesus warns us that this world is out there to choke out the word of God in our lives, as mentioned in Matthew 13, 23. That out of this, there is three things that he wants to bring to us. It's that love of money that he wants to bring that destruction. But those who desire to be rich and fall, in, fall into temptation and the snare and to the many senseless and hurtful desires that plunge man into the ruin of destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered um, away from the faith and pierced their hearts like with the prongs. Wow. Listen, church. I know that, that there is these tough times that we're living in. But it's not the government that is going to be your source. It is God himself. He is able to provide in ways that you have never dreamt that was possible. So be careful who you're depending upon. And then there is that thing about power. I wish I could preach this in the corridors of Congress. That this word right here in Deuteronomy 8, verses 17 and 18 says, Beware, lest you say in your own heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You shall remember that the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as to this day. Peter warns us as well, it's not only just money, and it's not only just power, but he warns us that it can be of people too. He tells us this, and this is found in 2 Peter 2, verses 1 through 5 and 17 through 18. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there were false teachers among you. They secretly introduced destructive heresies, even um, denying the sovereign Lord who brought them bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their deprived conduct and will bring the way of truth into dispute. In their greed, their teachers will exploit, exploit um, you with uh, fabricated stories. Their condemnation as long has hung over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. These are springs without water, 
in the midst driven by the storm of whom the blo who block out that darkness has been reserved for speaking out arrogant words of vanity they entice by fleshly desires the sensuality those who barely escape from the ones who live in air, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome by this, he is enslaved. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. We often think that some of these false prophets and false teachers are religious leaders. My friend, the standards of our faith does not come from CNN and Fox News. I'm afraid that all too many followers of Jesus Christ are taking up their political stands uh, that above godly instruction. Listen, folks, people need to evaluate our conduct and the words in which we are sh uh, sharing that is filtered through the Spirit of God. And when they hear more of Christ speaking into us and into them out of our lips, out of our Facebook, out of anything that we're posted, what could they say? You see, there's all types of ways in which we get caught up. But here's what I want to tell you, what I want to tell you. Because I could deal with with all types of temptations of the flesh, and we already know that. But here's what I do know. In John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. Yeah, we will. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, church, everybody is trying to make this this chaos around us, political. They're trying to deal with it of dealing with racial. They're trying to deal with it with financial. They're trying to deal with it with the power here or there in that party or this party. But I want you to understand is that those temptations of this world that is being thrown upon us in the chaos of this world has nothing to offer us. It is Christ, Christ alone. This monument, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I place here because I am declaring unto you, in the midst of this chaos, we're building a monument that revival is coming our way when there's 4,000 kids watching online about what Jesus wants to do within our lives. When we literally have hundreds and hundreds, three, four, five hundred homes that are watching us on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night that I want you to share this message if you're watching Facebook. Get it out there because we can overcome the temptations of this world by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us because we are more than conquerors.